Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hey everyone, Craig Baird here. Before I begin today's story, I want to take a moment and ask that you check me out on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. There are several tiers with great benefits, from ad-free content to t-shirts and other cool stuff. And I have plenty of wonderful merch in my store, and the link is in my show notes. As well, if you're a fan of Canadian history, make sure you check out all of my shows, from John to Justin, Canadian History X, Canada, A Yearly Journey, and Pucks and Cups, along with Canada's Great War. And don't forget, you can also donate directly to the show at www.canadaehx.com. Just click Donate. It helps keep this show going. Okay, on with the show. The captain of the ship stood staring at the shore of Hudson Bay. It was a cool autumn day, and on the shore was York Factory, one of the most important trading posts in North America. The weather was clear as he sailed towards the coast from the north. A group of men had already left the ship to go ashore and scout out the fort. Soon the fort would be his, and France would have won another decisive battle in the Nine Years' War. In the distance, he saw the masts and sails of approaching ships. Staring into the distance, he believed that the rest of his squadron had arrived to help him take the fort. Turning the ship to meet them, he suddenly realized these were not French ships, but English. Suddenly, a shot was fired across the bow of his ship. Whether he was ready for it or not, Captain Pierre d'Ilberville and his ship Le Pelican was about to head into the largest naval battle in North American Arctic history. I'm Craig Baird, and this is Canadian History X. When we think of naval battles, our minds automatically go to the great battles of the Atlantic or the Pacific Oceans, or perhaps in the Mediterranean. We tend not to think of the Arctic. Most people may not even realize that the Arctic is seen battle, or that its largest battle came during what many call the first global conflict, the Nine Years' War. The war, which was fought between France and a coalition that included the Holy Roman Empire, Dutch Republic, England, Spain, Sweden, and Portugal, began on September 27, 1688. The war was fought in Europe, the Americas, India, and West Africa, making it arguably the first major war fought across the planet. The war had begun when Louis XIV of France made the decision to cross the Rhine to extend his influence and pressure the Holy Roman Empire into accepting his territorial claims. Both the Holy Roman Emperor, Leopold I, and the German princes chose to resist, which began the war. For the next nine years, the war raged and led to 680,000 military deaths by most estimates, making it one of the deadliest conflicts in human history to that point. In North America, it was known as King William's War, and centered more on the growing tensions of control over the lucrative fur trade between the French and English. The French wanted to lay claim to the area of Hudson Bay, while the English wanted to take control of the region of the Mississippi, controlled by the French. In what would one day be Canada, various settlements were attacked in New France, including Montreal and Quebec. Most of the fighting was located on the east coast of North America, but it would eventually reach the very remote, very important location of Hudson Bay. In the final month of the war, only a few weeks before it ended, the French decided to make a play for York Factory. The fort had been established in 1684 by the Hudson's Bay Company as one of its first fur trading forts. 
The Hudson's Bay Company had formed in 1670 and established that fort 14 years later, where it became the central depot for the fur trading enterprise. Nearly all the furs that the company purchased throughout what was called Rupert's Land came through York Factory at one point or another. Throughout King William's War, or the Nine Years' War, the French attempted to capture the forts located in Hudson Bay. A force of 100 French soldiers were sent north and they succeeded in taking Moose Factory, Fort Charles, and Fort Albany in James Bay. The only fort that remained in the Hudson's Bay Company hands was York Factory. Captain Dilberville attempted to take the fort in 1690, but failed when an English warship showed up. He tried again in 1694, and this time actually captured it through a show of force against the independent company of foot located there. These men were fur traders, with limited military training. Upon capturing the fort, he called it Fort Bourbon. The following year, the English returned, and retook it with three Royal Navy frigates. The French were not about to lose this highly important trading post, and they returned once again, and for the last time, in 1697. On September 5th, 1697, the French reached York Factory on the coast of Hudson Bay. They wanted to capture the fort and with it take over that lucrative fur trade. The English were not about to let that happen. The battle consisted of four ships fighting near York Factory for supremacy. The Pelican was the main French ship that served as part of the squadron that was dispatched to fight for the control of Hudson Bay. The Pelican consisted of 44 guns and 150 men on it. Prior to the battle, it had become separated from the rest of the French squadron due to heavy fog. As a result, the ship would go into battle against high odds in a spectacular battle. As it sailed south in clear weather, the Pelican approached York Factory and soldiers went ashore to scout out the fort, with the captain remaining on the Pelican. Soon after, those British ships that the captain mistook for his fellow French ships began to approach, and the British ships soon opened fire on the Pelican. On the British side, there were three frigates with the Hampshire serving as the main ship with 46 guns. There was also the HBC Royal Hudson Bay with 32 guns and the HBC Daring with 36 guns, both smaller merchant ships. The warship was under the command of John Fletcher. To put it simply, the Pelican had 44 guns to the 114 guns of the British. They were not good odds. What Captain Dilberville did not know was that of the three other ships he was waiting on, the profound Palmier and Wesp, had actually become engaged in a short battle with the Hampshire several days earlier, and the Hampshire was now approaching from that battle. Seeing that his shore party was out of reach, Captain Dilberville chose to head into battle with guns blazing. For the next two and a half hours, the two sides engaged in a ferocious sea battle. The Pelican was able to disable the main sail of the Daring early in the battle, while the Royal Hudson's Bay, which came to the aid of the Daring, was crippled by the Pelican through a volley of shots. With these two ships out of contention in the battle, it was time to take on the more powerful Hampshire. Both the Pelican and the Hampshire, the two biggest ships in the battle, then fought a vicious and brutal broadside battle. As the battle raged, it looked as though the French were about to lose due to the overwhelming odds of the British. Of course, Captain Dilberville was not about to surrender, and the captain of the Hampshire actually respected this. He admired the bravery of Captain Dilberville and raised a glass of wine to toast him on his ship. Then, everything changed. A shot from the Pelican hit the powder magazine of the Hampshire. This ignited the powder, causing the ship to explode and quickly sink beneath the waves. The captain, who raised his glass out of respect, went down with his ship. 
I should point out that some sources say that the ship actually struck a shoal and sank, rather than exploded. But I like the explosion story, so that's the one we're going to go with because it's more dramatic. And while the Hampshire was out of battle, the other captains of the two opposing ships knew there was no chance. Instead of going into battle against the larger ship, the Hudson's Bay struck her colors to the Pelican, a signal of her surrender. The Daring simply broke off from the battle and fled. And the Pelican was in bad shape. It was fatally damaged and much of it was below the water line. Despite the fact that the Pelican had won the battle, the crew had to abandon ship. Captain Dilberville and his crew were able to make it to land before the ship sunk. But now came the task of taking York Factory itself. Since the ship was sinking, Dilberville had to run it aground, and his men walked through neck-deep icy cold water to get ashore. They then spent the next several days hauling everything they could from the ship ashore, including its cannons. Unfortunately, it came at a cost as 18 of his men died from exposure. Then, the missing French ships arrived a few days later. With his ships arriving, Dilberville then coaxed a surrender of the factory using his cannons from the Pelican as leverage. On September 3rd, Henry Bailey, factor of York Factory, decided to surrender. York Factory was now in French hands, and the French controlled from the mouth of the St. Lawrence River to Hudson Bay. For his success in taking the fort, Dilberville was awarded the Cross of Saint-Louis, the highest honour of France. The fort remained in the hands of the French until 1713, when a peace treaty transferred it back to the British. The ships that sank beneath the waves have not been found, but expeditions have been sent out to find the wrecks. Tonight on Only in Canada, we have the story of a little-known chapter in our nation's history. The Battle of Hudson Bay took place more than 300 years ago, and now a team of explorers from Manitoba is setting out to find two ships lost in battle. The story takes place here at York Factory, a town at the mouth of the Hayes River. Cameron McIntosh reports. A scene of tranquility 316 years ago, the mouth of Manitoba's Hayes River at Hudson Bay was also the scene of a battle that nearly changed the course of Canadian history. Though largely forgotten, every once in a while, a reminder washes ashore. This is what every sailor lives for. Now a group of Manitoba explorers is preparing to travel to the mouth of the Hayes to search for two ships lost in the Battle of Hudson Bay. It's the largest naval engagement that ever took place in Arctic North America. It's one of the top 10 battles ever in Canada. And it just is unknown. While the battle on these waters was all but forgotten when the English ultimately took control of Canada, finding the ships could change that, says historian Peter McLeod. It would be great. There's nothing like actual artifacts to bring history to life. The expedition is sanctioned by the internationally renowned Explorers Club. There you go, Yoan. You can run that up for us. Its flag will fly over the, ex the expedition's camp as the explorers focus on finding cannons. Cannon metal is what likely remains of both. And with a magnetometer, a big hunk of metal in, uh, in the grid pattern that we've uh, identified will, uh, will shine like a bright light. The expedition will focus on two search areas, the mouth of the haze for the Hampshire and the neighboring tidal flats for the Pelican, prime polar bear territory. It takes time. And, uh, and we might luck out and just drive road over something and go, there it is. Or it might take us several seasons. Either way, the explorers intend to make a documentary on the battle and the search. And if all goes well, discover some lost history. Cameron McIntosh, CBC News, Winnipeg. As for Dilberville, he went on to found Biloxi, Mississippi, and found the source of the Mississippi River. He was also responsible for the creation of French settlements in Louisiana, and he died in Cuba on July 9th, 1706, from yellow fever, only a week short of his 45th birthday.
I hope you enjoyed that episode of my look at the Battle of Hudson Bay. Information from Canadian Encyclopedia, Maclean's, CBC, Wikipedia, HistoryNet, and Fahrenheim. If this is your first time listening and you like what you heard, please take a moment and give us a five-star review to help other people find these amazing stories. And there are so many you can sink your teeth into. We also love hearing from you, so if you have a show topic you want me to cover, email me at craig at canadaehx.com or stop by my website and social media. I'll include all of those links in the show notes.